The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and a podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And I'm grateful to be here on the radio show that's also podcasted. Hello, everyone. Very nice. Friends, in the Marines, we have this obsession with Little Johnny jokes. I don't know what it's all about, but Little Johnny is this first grader who has an incredibly foul mouth, and he says crazy things. Uh Uh-oh. And I promise you there will be no (laughs) profanity, but I do have a Little Johnny joke for you. Okay. And what's awesome about it is that there's a Marine in it, and there's a pilot in it. Is it you? Is it the joke about you? No. (laughs) Uh, But it's still good. Although the joke is often on me. Oh, it's not this time. Bump. <laughs> so it's just after summer vacation, and the teacher has uh, her new first grade class, and somehow or other, Johnny is still in the first grade after about 30 or 40 years that I've been hearing Johnny jokes. And the teacher says, what did you learn about life over the summer? And immediately, little Johnny's waving his hands, but she doesn't want to call on him because he's a foul-mouthed little kid. And another little kid up front raises her hand, and she says... What did you learn about life over the summer? And she said, my dad's a farmer, and he went to the barn, and he got 12 eggs. And on his way back from the barn, he tripped, and all the eggs fell and were broken. And the teacher says, what does that teach us about life? And she says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. (laughs) That's that's, very good, Very good. And immediately, little Johnny wants his turn, and the teacher calls on another little boy, and he says... My dad's also a farmer, and on his way back from the barn with a basket full of eggs, he noticed that only six of them hatched. And the teacher says, what does that teach us about life? And he says, don't "Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay. Well, little Johnny can't take it anymore, and he jumps up in the back, (laughs) and he says, well, my dad was a Marine fighter pilot in Vietnam. And while on a mission over Hanoi, he was shot down. He successfully ejected, and on his way to the ground, he drank a fifth of Jack Daniels. He hit the ground. He was surrounded by the enemy. He pulled out his pistol and his knife. He killed eight with his pistol and seven with his knife. And the teacher says, wow, little Johnny, what does that teach us about life? And he said, don't mess with my dad when he's been drinking. (laughs) Okay. Friends. I make a joke about knowing people. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to know people and how they work. And it's more important to understand ourselves first and how we work. True. And that's what we've been talking about during boot camp. In his book, The Art of War, Sun Tzu said, If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. 
If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. On Courageous Christianity, we often talk about the enemy, the devil, his schemes to overthrow God. And in the boot camp series, we've been talking about knowing ourselves. You know, something that just struck me as you were um, saying that quote from Sun Tzu uh, and thinking about little Johnny, oftentimes we know so much more about other people than we even know about ourselves. Like, I mean, celebrities, we know like the last coffee they had and what sort of (laughs) vital proteins they put in their drinks, you know, (laughs) things like that. And we don't really know ourselves. Right. Yeah. And that's sad because before we can do anything for the world, we have to know how we work, how we work best. Yeah. And we're not taught that, but it's also hard to look in the so-called mirror, but it's the most important one of the most important things we can do, especially when it comes to change and living the life God has uh, called us to live. Exactly. And not doing, uh, knowing ourselves from the standpoint of like 1970s granola munching, uh, VW, Vanagon, driving, Birkenstock wearing kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, where are you going with this? <laughs> but knowing ourselves in to access all the good that we can do and to bring that to bear on this troubled world. Yeah, uh, knowing our hearts, knowing, knowing, and I think even accepting who we are. I do a lot of work around values, and people oftentimes when they realize their values, they're kind of brought back to, oh, yeah, that was important to me when I was younger. Yeah. I forgot about that because the world, like, put layers on me. And now as we're talking about it, it's like, oh, I can be myself, and that's who God meant for me to be. Yeah, if my values are going to be about what I valued when I was younger, it's pretty much going to be all candy and potato chips. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Friends, as we wrap up the boot camp series today, we are going to discuss the difference between transactional life and transformational life. But before we do, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for the amazing opportunity we have to serve you. We thank you for your son, that by his suffering on the cross, we are restored to you. And we hope to live lives worthy of such an amazing gift, Lord. We thank you for each of our listeners, and we ask today that you guide our conversation. We pray that you would speak through us, that all may hear and better understand the plans you have for each of us as we strive to live as new creations in abundant, intentional, and authentic life, in alignment with the power of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we've talked about boot camp, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, for the last month. And we just reminded ourselves that self-knowledge is important, and it's not that we want to be focused on ourselves. It's about the good that we can do. Right. And so, over the last five weeks, we've talked about identifying our values and strengths and passions, creating a vision for our lives, developing a personal mission statement with a commander's intent, establishing goals and setting objectives, writing a command philosophy, which explains to the world what you stand for and against, understanding how the operational level of war applies to you, Developing tactics which honor the opportunity we have to serve Jesus and the people around us. Writing rules of engagement, our negotiables and non-negotiables. And finally, assessing effects on target. We talked at length last week about pudding and chili. Uh, yes, and we did. Yeah, it made us hungry. <laughs> if it's good. 
and if what we're doing is working, and then being open to change if it's not, because we're just here for a little while and it's about the good that we can do. So it's important and change is going to take place. We've heard the only thing constant is change. True. But good change won't take place unless it's fostered and intentional. Intentional. Exactly right. Even planned. Um, For example, think about Russia in the Ukraine. Putin wants change. He wants geopolitical, cultural, and ethnic change. And how does that look? Well, from what I know, yeah, it looks sad. It doesn't look. It doesn't look good. Heartbreaking. uh, Yeah, um, I would think it's aligned with self and his beliefs versus something beyond him. Exactly right. So think about the collateral damage. Yeah. Oh. Of his misalignment, his absolute focus on self. Yeah. And his vision which he is trying to force on the world around him, and uh, it's having disastrous consequences. And so something that we've said is that the same can be true for us. If we're not in alignment, taking our orders from God, uh, making sure our values are nested with what Jesus says is important, listening to the Holy Spirit inside us for guidance and we can create a lot of collateral damage in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. We can, and I think sometimes we we don't necessarily know that because we are focused on self. Um, I was doing a little bit of studying before the show and, and uh, looking up um, really what the meaning of the words are that we're using. We're talking a lot about alignment, and I thought, well, do people even know what alignment is? Um, you know what I mean? Sometimes, right. you know, you say these words and it's like, yeah, I hear it, but I don't really understand it. So I dug into it a little bit and I always find it funny when, when you've got a definition and it starts, you look up alignment and it says the act of aligning with something. I'm right. like, Get okay, that just, that just told me a whole bunch. <laughs> um, yeah, we were at dinner the other day and we saw a whole bunch, row of ducks. Long said, line of ducks all in a row. <laughs> said, They've got their ducks in a row. But I'm <laughs> There's my joke for the day. Um, <laughs> but back to it, when I, when you le- look a little bit more in depth on this definition, it says the proper positioning or state of adjustment of parts. So if you think about it, so our life, our lives are made of a lot of pieces and parts and so forth. And if they are muddled up, confused and so forth, they're not going to be in alignment to accomplish what, what we might right. want. Um, it's not going to look straight, but if we do, then maybe make a change, as you're talking about, with these pieces and parts in alignment with something that is uh, greater than us, maybe something we want more, then we will have our ducks in a row, so to yeah. speak. Uh, what came to me as you were speaking could be embarrassing to admit, but I was picturing a guy with his shoes on the wrong feet <laughs> and how hard it is to walk and how when we're not in alignment... <laughs> It takes a lot of energy just to be us. And we don't have the opportunity to do much for the world around us because my shoes are on the wrong feet and I'm just having trouble walking. Well, it made me think of those days when you accidentally put like one brown shoe on and one blue shoe on and then you get to the office and you realize it. And so you may have trouble walking, but also then you're trying to like kind of put up a false sense of like, I'm okay. I know what I'm doing. I meant to have two (laughs) colored shoes on. That has never happened to me. I've also never had blue shoes. 
Oh, okay. So I got that going for me. <laughs> In any event, over the course of this series, we've been following the Bud Light story, and there's an example of misalignment. Yeah. And they forgot their values. They forgot the values of the American people. And now they're having to buy back cases and cases of beer that has passed its expiration date oh, because nobody will buy it and it's not selling. And the American public has exerted its will. Bud Light is feeling it. And still, despite the disarray, despite $5 billion plus in, in losses, despite 23% drop in sales and losses of market share to the competitors, the CEO still refuses to be honest with himself and with the American people in a place of humility yeah. where anybody would look at that spreadsheet and say, it's not working. Yeah. And yet the reason why we followed this so much over the last month is because so many of us are in that place where if there was a spreadsheet of our lives, mm-hmm. it would be a big mess. Okay. And so we're going to talk about transactional versus transformational and I think it's going to help a lot of things to become more clear, friends. Stay with us. You know, I ain't going to be here tomorrow. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. God bless America indeed. Amen. And so much has been laid on the altar of American freedom, so much sacrifice and hardship. And we'd like to recognize that as we begin this segment, thinking about Memorial Day and what it truly means for veterans and family members who have lost in that sacrifice. Thomas Paine said in 1776 in a pamphlet about American crisis number one, he said, that which we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. And so we know that this has been dearly bought, this freedom that we enjoy this weekend. And our prayers are with you. Our prayers are with this nation And I believe with all my heart in the truth of the Bible, which says, if you will turn back to me and pray to me, I will heal your nation. And we're talking about courageous Christianity, how to do that, because our efforts to turn to God will not be unopposed. And so first and foremost, the way to bring our personal combat power to the spiritual battlefield in authentic, 
humble, repentant life as Christians believing in Christ, the Lion of Judah. We have to be in a place of alignment. And we've talked about uh, that over the last five weeks in our boot camp series. And so the path to alignment is, uh, it's doable. Oh, it is. And it's doable. It's learnable. It's learnable. And you have to put the uh, time and effort into it. You will not fall into alignment. As a matter of fact, we know that entropy is the state of the world and anarchy is the state of human nature. And so I love, uh, at the very, very beginning of Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist has just baptized Jesus, and Jesus is walking off, and John says to his two disciples, go follow him. Yeah. And so they're following along after Jesus, and the way I have this in my head is after they've gone a couple hundred yards and they're just tagging along behind Jesus, he turns around to them and he says, what do you want? Yeah. Now he's not saying, what do you want? He's looking at them and saying, what do you want? There's so much more to it. And so friends, that question is seminal for each of us. What do you want? Do you want peace? Do you want alignment in your life such that I could see your schedule and know your priorities? Your priorities are revealed in your behavior, and your behavior reveals your priorities. It's interesting. I think a lot of people would say they know what they want, but their actions don't uh, aren't aligned with that. Aren't aligned. And these are not indictments. I'm not no, throwing anything out at anybody because— <laughs> I'm doing it all the time, checking in on myself. Yeah, and Do I say I want to be alignment. fit? Am I working out? And yay, this week I started working out again. So, And, and a that's a very good thing. You, you want, uh, we're told to take care of our body. It's a temple. And yet a lot of us eat uh, poorly. And why? Because we're busy. And then we're so busy we don't have time to do some of these other things. But if you made a list of your 10 priorities, if you made a list of your values, and then you were synchronizing all of that, you would... Uh, eventually come to a place of power. And um, go ahead. We also try to be everything to everyone, or many of us do. Right. And so that is out of priorities, which God first and and family second. And so we've got to, I mean, there's only 168 hours a week, and we've got to put those things in order. And we life can just get really busy and take us into this cycle. And the next thing you wake up and you're like, what is happening? And so you, it's you know, it's constant work to check in and make sure we're aligned with our values, our father's values. Absolutely. And and we're not beyond it. Yeah, but here's something I want to say, friends. If it sounds like work, it is. Yeah. But it's enjoyable work. It's an amazing journey, and the rewards are incredible. If you speak about things like discipline and all, everybody's like, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to have no fun, and this is going to— but discipline is an enabler. Discipline is what uh, allows us to do amazing things. You've just got to reframe what discipline is. We've been, we've been made to think discipline's a bad thing. And, but if we think about it, okay, this is an action. Take the word away. This is an action that's going to help me get what I want. Right. So, for example, I want to be fit. 
the discipline is getting up an hour earlier and putting on the gym clothes and going to the gym and doing that. And then you feel so great afterwards. You're like, why didn't I do this sooner? I got another one for you. If you want to learn to play the piano, Mm -hmm. you have to have the discipline to bring yourself to the lessons. Yep. And then the discipline that you apply in those lessons allows you to play the piano freely and amazingly. And so it's the same with a spiritual life. And I really want you to hear this. We watch movies and read books and see stories about heroic journeys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Hobbit. We love the hero's journey. We love the hero's journey. And whether the characters are seeking treasure or reward or righteousness, we love those epics. There's even a special name for that kind of story. It's called an epic. And so seeking alignment with God in our own lives can be the most amazing journey. It can be an epic journey. An epic journey. You're the hero of this story. And by the way, Jesus Christ is referred to as the author and perfecter of our faith. The author. What story do you want to write in him? Because Mm. if you're just working hard to keep your shoes on the right feet, well, I would rather put them on the right feet in the morning with a little bit of discipline and then walk it out with Christ throughout the rest of the day. So it's an exciting opportunity. And the big part is this. With each passing day, either you look more like Jesus or more like one of the devil's zombies. Either you are becoming more like him or you're becoming more like the world. And if you haven't checked lately, the world is lost. And so what we're talking about here is something that I learned about in my last few years in the Marine Corps called transactional life, transactional living, or transformational life and transformational living. And I'll tell you the genesis behind this, I've actually mentioned it before on the show, but I was working in the area of Marine Corps culture and specifically aviation culture. And we were talking about different things and it became obvious to me that we didn't really understand. And so I organized a big operational planning team and officers came from all over the world And we sat in this auditorium, and I posed the question, what causes a Marine to gain commitment, and what causes a Marine to lose commitment? Because you take this person who in high school is completely in the world, and they're completely with their friends, and texting, and cars, and girls, and parties, and that's the extent of their lives, and they turn their back on that to join the Marine Corps. They want a transformational experience. They want to change and become like something else, a Marine. And then they go to boot camp, which is incredibly transformational and awesome. You learn a whole new language and a whole new set of principles and traits. And then eventually they get to doing some job in the Marine Corps. Uh, For example, uh, uh, I kept picturing in a jet squadron, The tools are very closely controlled because if one single washer is lost, all the jets are down until you can find it because when you're flying at 600 miles an hour, 100 feet over the ground, you can't afford for the controls to get jammed. Mm -hmm. So tools are handed out very carefully. And as we were doing this, um, this planning team, I pictured this guy in the tool room. He sits behind this chicken wire uh, gate and he has zillions of toolboxes behind him and each tool gets signed out. And so he went from this transformational boot camp experience to now he's sitting in a chicken wire cage handing out tools. And so what was transformational 
it was about heart and it was about something bigger than himself became transactional. He just sat there and he gave out tools. And one of the questions I posed to the officers who were in attendance was, do our commanding officers, do our leaders walk up to that kid, that Marine, in that cage, passing out tools, and say, do you realize that none of these jets get repaired unless you pass out those tools? And do you realize that if one of those tools goes missing, none of these jets can fly? Do you know how important you are to what we're doing here? But in the absence of that kind of leadership, that kid's passing out tools, and his life becomes transactional, and then you know what happens? He drifts back. He starts thinking about his buddies on the block yeah, and his buddies in college, and he's like, I am turning my back on this transformational experience. I want more college. I want more the world. I want more Netflix. I want more Amazon. Well, he doesn't see that it's making a difference. And I think we all innately have some sort of desire to make a difference, but we just don't know how, if we're not that self-motivated person. And even in the best environments, oftentimes we do fall back into the world. And so it has to be that intentional process like you're talking about. Absolutely. So let's talk about this. That's what I mean when I picture us. Maybe we come to Christ in this amazingly transformational experience And then if we're not careful, if we don't apply the spiritual disciplines, if we don't continue to seek and study and genuinely try and look at the world through this developing uh, spiritual lens, it becomes transactional. It becomes about church for an hour on Sunday, domino Nabisco shredded wheat. I've done my thing and now I'm back in the world. Well, I think often though, you know, there may be an expectation if I've gone to a church and I found a church, they're going to walk with me and help me do that. But oftentimes where the church is today, uh, you're kind of in it by yourself and you are going to church on Sunday for the big light show and the big, you know, band show. Right. And so if you're not self-motivated, going back to what I said earlier, to seek, to learn, then you're kind of lost and alone out there. And I'll bring one other thing to you. If being in the Marines was easy, do you think people would want to do it? Exactly. And so Christianity is sold as easy, as profitable, as great. And so big surprise, people who want to do hard work tend to want to hear uh, comfortable, happy news. And that's not always the case. Jesus said it was not always the case. And we're going to talk about this more in Transactional versus Transformational Living. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans 
who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We are wrapping up our six-week boot camp series. And we've just been talking about transactional versus transformational living and life. And I want to be sure that we're all following what I mean by that and how monumental the difference is. So is it clear to you? Are you comfortable with it? It It is. Um uh, and I do a lot of work around this, uh, so I think it's worth us spending a little bit more time just clarifying it. But what what came to mind was this conversation I used to have with a colleague of mine back when I worked in the home building industry. That's when I primarily, uh, my corporate years, I worked in the marketing PR realm of, for home builders. And, you know, you think about a home builder, you're building houses. This was a production home builder. And you're building houses for people and, you know, you're going in nine to five while in the marketing world, you're like seven to seven and then weekends too, because it's a a big job. Um, And after a while, it can become like the the gentleman you were talking about behind the cage and, and just transactional, transactional, right? Because, oh, you're kind of like I'm making the donuts, right? Yeah, I remember that guy. (laughs) Even though donuts are really good. Time to make the donuts. but we would have conversations when we were kind of lacking motivation to do another open house and work another weekend and, uh, you know, and really think about what we were doing working at that home building company, which was we were a part of the team that was helping people find their homes, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to get there on our own because the corporation didn't necessarily come in from that sort of leadership style and help you understand or whatever at least at least touched my heart you know you're making a difference in somebody's life it was more about the sticks and bricks and and the margins and 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 so if you didn't yourself find a way to reframe that thinking in your mind you were just making the donuts and every day at nine out at or seven 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 to seven now the transformational part there, though, was our reframing our mind about making a difference. About what you're doing. And so everything we did came from energy and heart 
and so forth. And so what, what that brings me to thinking and applied to um, our faith is Romans, and I've got it pulled up here, Romans 12, 2 uh, through, I guess it's just Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And the way I kind of look at it is do not conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is transactional. Well put. That's excellent. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind is the truth, is the word, is God. And so we're not going to have somebody saying, go read your Bible. Just like I didn't have a boss saying, oh, Christy, remember, you're making the difference in somebody's life. I had to find that within myself. We've got a book that tells us how to do it. And that's the transformation by renewing in our mind. And just one other point, I want to go back to the doable and learnable. It has been proven from brain science that we can actually remap, reframe our minds, but it takes consistent action over time. So that would mean reading over time the Bible and letting Christ renew our mind. I love it. That's a brilliant point. In Christianity, I see two variants. There's the Christian who is a spectator and sits back and said, let go, let God. Right. In which case, I have to wonder why you're here and why he did all this work to redeem you and empower you if you're just going to wait for him to do everything else too. Yeah. And then at the same time, there is a Christian who is too in their own power. True. They're too in their own effort. And so we're not saying either one of those extremes here. What we're saying is that transformation results from the work of the Holy Spirit and the practice of spiritual disciplines. It also comes from struggle. And so I I know people talk a lot about this um, story uh, when it comes to transformation, but the butterfly. And the butterfly has to struggle in that chrysalis, or chrysalis, easy for me to say. Uh, and if they... If he doesn't or if she doesn't uh, struggle, it doesn't come out as that beautiful butterfly. The story goes as somebody tries to help somebody, uh, helps the butterfly not struggle. They come and cut the the sack that it's in, and then it still stays that unformed larva. And it never develops its wings. So it's the fight to break out of the cocoon or pupa or I forget. Anyway, I'm not a biologist. (laughs) It's the fight to break out of there where the butterfly develops the strength of its wings. And after that fight, after breaking out, it will then fly. And so we're taught to be averse to the word discipline And and struggle and all of these things. And yet the Bible tells us, for example, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, rather train yourself to be godly. And so it's with the help of the Holy Spirit empowering us. And here's an amazing thing. Not only will the Holy Spirit give you the will to learn, but then help you learn as well. So uh, what amazes me about God is he's on both sides of the equation in terms of he'll help me get up early in the morning so that I can spend time with him. Um, when I wake up at two in the morning after flying to Tokyo and you're all whacked on time zones, I love it. All the other people I fly with, they're like, yeah, I woke up at two in the morning again. But for me, 
that time from 2 in the morning till 6.30 when the breakfast buffet opens, that's awesome quiet time. I love it. And so God is so amazing where he'll wake you up and he'll say, come, be with me. And so what we're talking about is you can't just rely on willpower and neither can you say God will do it. You have to hear the Holy Spirit, pray for God to help you, and then be willing to do the work and apply the work. Well, here's an important word that you said just a little while ago. You said train, and I wrote that down. And train is doable. And and I think we sit around and we wait for a miracle. God to, um, I did, I'm not hearing the Holy Spirit. I mean, sometimes you hear it, but but are you using that time you wake up in the m- middle of the night right. to train your mind on that, renew your mind, and then the miracle comes? I can imagine you're sitting there for those four hours, and all of a sudden, through reading of the Word, you get some sort of answer to some prayer or an idea you never had or just a feeling of miraculous peace. But we've got to do the work. Yeah. I'd like to go back to where you said I said a word that was important. <laughs> Of all the words I've said, there was only one that was important. There there are so many words that you say are okay, important, but that one just kind of jumped off jumped the page. Jumped out at you. Yes. Friends, what we're saying is that transformation results from personal commitment to inward change. Our business is an inward, outward business, and we're not restored, and we're not lifted up on the spiritual battlefield, and... Uh, allowed to exist in community with others so that we can be repaired and encouraged and educated so that we can just sit there. Our job is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded us. So I want to read you this uh, quote that I got this morning when I was doing some research in his book, Conform to His Image. Kenneth Boas said, Without a personal commitment to inward change, believers will be dominated, motivated, and manipulated by the cultural network of their society. So how about that? Powerful, and it brings me back to my definitions that I was looking at. I think a key element of one of the many definitions here, it says replacement of the variables. And so... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and it goes on, this is actually talking about an in an algebraic expression by their values in terms of another set of variables. But if you think about, if we, I mean, even take it to uh, an algebraic equation, X plus Y equals... In our lives, if we're saying, Jesus is saying, what do you want? You know, maybe we're saying, I want peace. I want a different life. Well, if we keep including the same variables, the same numbers in the equation, we're not going to get what we're saying. Nothing will change. Nothing will change. And that's what I'm hearing in that quote. Wow. You just did algebra on the radio. I like algebra. I think I made an A in algebra. I'm amazed. I was in school. Friends. Really? You're amazed. No, I mean that in the best way. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. I better just leave that one. You know, they say when you find yourself at the bottom of a hole, stop digging. (laughs) So, friends, discipline is perceived as bad and hard and uncomfortable. But what I can tell you, having been a Marine for 
over 37 years, it enables so much. And all the good that we can do is based on a practice of spiritual discipline. So there are generally 10 spiritual disciplines. And number one is Bible reading. Number two is Bible study. Number three is Bible memorization. Number four is prayer. Number five, generosity. Number six, fellowship. Number seven, fasting. Number eight, silence. Number nine, simplicity. And number 10, celebration. And that is a generally accepted list. And the purpose is to help you. These are like the exercises we do in the gym to get stronger. And so you go to the gym because you want to get stronger. And then you work these faith muscles through Bible reading, Bible study, Bible memorization, prayer, generosity, fellowship, fasting, silence, simplicity, and celebration. And over time, you have a stronger, deeper, more fruitful relationship with Jesus Christ. And isn't that the dream of all of us? Stay with us. We'll be back in the next segment to wrap it all up for you. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we have been wrapping up our boot camp series. We're in week six, and we've been talking about transactional versus transformational life. And we had an example of a Marine in a tool room. He went from the amazingly transformational experience of boot camp to passing out tools in a fighter squadron. And he lost sight in that endeavor with the big picture, the fact that we fight our nation's battles, and things started feeling very transactional to him. He did this, this happened, he went home at the end of the day, and eventually he was leaving the Marine Corps, going back to his neighborhood and his school and his friends because 
the transformational aspect of his life was unfulfilled. And I see that as a very important analog for the life of faith that we pray to live in Christ, where initially we are brought to Jesus in a transformational experience where God calls us and lifts us up. And maybe it's from struggle or uh, a health issue where suddenly we have this um, better understood need for something that is bigger than ourselves, that lasts beyond ourselves, and we pursue that. And then things become transactional. Uh, We go to church on Sunday Uh, Our life is unchanged Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. We go to work. We make the donuts. Uh, Nothing against donuts. There were no donuts harmed in the uh, course of this show. We love donuts. But um, you can kind of see what I'm getting at. And I lived in that place uh, for most of my life um, where I was just coping and trying to get by. Well, I think if we're honest, we probably have all been there. And and I think what we're talking about, uh, of course, we're talking about it applying to our faith, um, but it can apply to, I think, anything that we start and get involved with. Think about a new job. You you start a new job and you're excited and, hey, I'm going to be able to make a difference. And then um, what we're doing or, or, you know, the picture that we had in our mind about this new job uh, doesn't meet with the reality and over a while, we're, we, we begin like feeling like, again, we're making the donuts. Uh, it could be a marriage. You know, you're excited. You've got the honeymoon phase and so forth. And you, what do they say? You know, a lot of marriages in between five and seven years. But if you stick with it consistently and think about, you know, the good that you can do through the marriage and serving the other person and aligning, you know, having a biblical marriage, you get beyond that. And, you know, they talk about agape love in in marriage. Uh, so there's, a, I think, a lot um, that we can apply what we're learning here about uh, transformation. I, they even use that in uh, leadership and so forth. And again, in my studying, I looked up what is transformational change, and it kind of came up in the corporate world. But it said here, it's, um, it's a type of change that comes from fundamental cha- fundamental change of how a company operates. And it's often triggered by something within the organization. So what I'm hearing, this could be applied to our lives as well. You were just talking about it. Could it have been a struggle? Say divorce. You know, okay, well, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from the grow from this. I'm going to uh, seek Christ in this. I'm going to renew my mind, not do it the way the world does. And, and through this, I'm going to become that butterfly, as we were talking about. Also talks about that it will be challenging but it can lead to significant improvements in performance. And I mean, I can think about, um, you know, feeling better, looking better, having more energy, being better to people, serving better. And But it requires new vision, new goals, new way of doing things. And so we have to really see that I think first we can change. We have to get real that it's not going to be a so-called bed of roses, <laughs> And, 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 um, we are, uh, but we will be, um, transformed. We will be changed and we can have that life we want if we stay with it. 
Amen. I've never understood the whole bed of roses thing because roses have thorns. I was just, when I said that, I so, was thinking about that. I'm like, wait a second. There's yeah. thorns in the yard. So I'm I don't know sure what that what makes. I'm not sure what that's about. But I, <laughs> I, I do, didn't study that. No, I do like where you're going with this. And um, there's a famous quote by Rob Roy. He was a Scottish revolutionary. And he said something that has been with me my whole life. He said, honor is the gift a man gives to himself. So I don't care what the world around me is doing, what they think is cool, what they think is uh, fair, reasonable, just, exciting, worth doing. Honor is the gift I give to myself. And the way I apply that in this conversation is to say that Scripture says, do everything as if unto the Lord. Amen. And if we bring ourselves fully, what we're doing isn't working. Transactional living, it's not working. Right. You got people trading time and money for stuff, and if you look around, they're medicated, overworked, disconnected, isolated, angry, so the transactional life doesn't work, but we are offered in Christ a transformational life, and it's not just that we're transformed, but that we then transform those around us. And so every time You leave your house in every interaction at the grocery store, at the gas pump, on the road, at work, at your kid's school. You can make that a moment. Yeah, it's an opportunity for sure. And we talked a little bit about that last week. So uh, it's an amazing life in Christ. And he said it would be an abundant life. And I just want to remind you that if you missed the beginning of this series, the first five weeks... You can listen to them at CourageousChristianity.today. You can find them at KKHT.com, which is the radio station uh, website. And if you would look under programs, you would see Courageous Christianity, and then you'd be able to find those. And you can also go to any podcast app and search Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow and... Those shows would be available to you there, and then follow us, and you will uh, get to hear more of my awesome joke telling. (laughs) Well, it's great. (laughs) And um, I want to say this one thing uh, that's so important to me, and that is don't be discouraged. If you make a mistake, if you have a bad day, that's part of the process. Yeah. That's part of it's the, the struggling like butterfly. the butterfly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly what I was thinking. The butterfly against the uh we've got to figure out if that's a cocoon or what. But <laughs> I'll that's do the my struggle, research, <laughs> friends. And as we said in the beginning, uh what we obtain too cheaply we esteem too lightly. Yeah. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And all of this is available to us in Christ, but it takes work, and it should take work. Otherwise, it means nothing. Amen. And that's the truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. It's always relevant, and it never fails. This is not the world according to Richard Mendelow. This is the world according to Jesus Christ. And Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. 
Friends, Boot Camp is a series about developing alignment in our lives. We start with God. We think about how He sees us and what His plan is for us. Then we work to understand the purpose of our lives, how He's programmed us to accomplish that purpose in our genetics, our values, our strengths, and our passions. And then we try to align our lives accordingly so as to accomplish that purpose. I recently heard a joke about a pastor in line at a gas pump. Another joke. Another one. (laughs) It's a Friday afternoon before a long weekend, and there is a gas line all the way around the block. And the gas station has even hired someone to help people pump their gas to speed them along. And finally, it's the pastor's turn, and he gets up to the pump. And the attendant says, Why do people always wait till the last second to prepare for a long journey? The pastor looks at him and says, I've been wondering the same thing for 40 years. (laughs) Friends, don't wait to fully apply yourself to the transformational opportunity we have in Christ. A lot of people wait till they've lived the life that was supposed to be transformational. And then toward the end, they say, yikes, I missed my chance. So to bring it back to the little Johnny joke, what I learned from that is... What did you learn about life from this show? Well, from the the gas pump joke is don't run out of gas. Okay. We're going to have to talk (laughs) later. Friends, my point is don't wait. The Bible tells us that God has a beautiful plan for your life. For I know the plans I have for you. So let me ask you. Do you want to live a transactional life where you hope that the good outweighs the bad and you trade time and energy for some money, maybe some toys, hopefully some connectedness, and possibly some significance which lives after you? Or do you want to live a transformed life at peace, in alignment with Jesus Christ, as his love invades your soul, takes over your perspectives, and writes the most amazing, powerful, and heroic story of your time on earth. Because that's courageous Christianity. Friends, we wish you a solemn Memorial Day weekend. And we thank you for joining us today on Courageous Christianity. We hope you'll join us each and every week here at 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app if you search Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow or on CourageousChristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.